0: The orphan boy and the ELK dog, Blackfoot, the horse was introduced to this continent by the Spaniards when they arrived in the middle of the 16th century. Within two centuries the horses had been acquired by almost every tribe and had transformed the Indian's life. As there was no Indian word FOT horse, and it carried burdens like a dog, it was usually named elk dog, spirit dog, sacred dog, or moose dog. In the days when people had only dogs to carry their bundles, two orphan children, a boy and his sister, were having a hard time. The boy was deaf, and because he could not understand what people said, they thought him foolish and dull-witted. Even his relatives wanted nothing to do with him. The name he had been given at birth, while his parents still lived, was Long Arrow. Now he was like a beaten, mangy dog, the kind who hungrily roams outside a camp, Circling it from afar, smelling the good meat boiling in the kettles, but never coming dose for fear of being kicked. Only his sister, who was bright and beautiful, loved him. Then the sister was adopted by a family from another camp, people who were attracted by her good looks and pleasing ways. Though they wanted her for a daughter, they certainly did not want the awkward, stupid boy. And so they took away the only person who cared about him, and the orphan boy was left to fend for himself. He lived on scraps thrown to the dogs and things he found on the refuse heaps. He dressed in remnants of skins and frayed robes discarded by the poorest people. At night he bedded down in a grass-lined dugout, like an animal in its den. Eventually the game was hunted out near the camp at the boy regarded as his, and the people decided to move. The lodges were taken down, belongings were packed into rawhide bags and put on dog travoy, and the village departed. Stay here, they told the boy. We don't want your kind corning with us. For two or three days the boy fed on scraps the people had left behind, but he knew he would starve if he stayed. He had to join his people, whether they liked it or not. He followed their tracks, frantic that he would lose them, and crying at the same time. Soon the sweat was running down his skinny body. As he was stumbling, running, panting, something suddenly snapped in his left ear with a sound like a small crack, and a worm-like substance came out of that ear. All at once on his left side he could hear birdsongs for the first time. He took this worm-like thing in his left hand and hurried on. Then there was a snap in his right ear, and a worm like thing came out of it, and on his right side he could hear the rushing waters of a stream. His hearing was restored. And it was razor sharp he could make out the rustling of a tiny mouse in dry leaves a good distance away. The orphan boy laughed and was happy for the first time in his life. With renewed courage he followed the trail his people had made. In the meantime, the village had settled into its new place. Men were already out hunting. Thus the boy came upon Good Running, a kindly old chief, butchering a fat buffalo cow he had just killed. When the chief saw the boy, he said to himself, here comes that poor good-for-nothing boy. It was wrong to abandon him. To the boy Good Running said, rest here, grandson, you're sweaty and covered with dust. Here, have some tripe. The boy wolfed down the meat. He was not used to hearing and talking yet, but his eyes were alert and good running also noticed a change in his manner. This boy, the chief said to himself, is neither stupid nor crazy. He gave the orphan a piece of the hump meat, then a piece of liver, then a piece of raw kidney, and at last the very best kind of meat a slice of tongue. The more the old man looked at the boy, the more he liked him. On the spur of the moment he said, grandson, I'm going to adopt you, there's a place for you in my teepee. And I'm going to make you into a good hunter and warrior. The boy wept, this time, for joy. Good running said, they called you a stupid, crazy boy, but now that I think of it, the name you were given at birth is Long Arrow. I'll see that people call you by your right name. Now come a Ayong. The chief's wife was not pleased. Why do you put this burden on me, she said, bringing into our lodge this good-far-nothing, this slow-witted crazy boy. Maybe you're a little slow-witted and crazy yourself. Woman, keep talking like that and I'll beat you. This boy isn't slow or crazy, he's a good boy, and I have taken him for my grandson. Look, he's barefooted. Hurry up, and make a pair of moccasins for him, and if you don't do it well I'll take a stick to you. Good running's wife grumbled but did as she was told. Her husband was a kind man, but when aroused, his anger was great. So a new life began for Long Arrow. He had to learn to speak and to understand well, and to catch up on all the things a boy should know. He was a fast learner and soon surpassed other boys his age in knowledge and skills. At last even Good Running's wife accepted him. He grew up into a fine young hunter, tall and good-looking in the quilled buckskin outfit the chief's wife made for him. He helped his grandfather in everything and became a staff for Good Running to lean on. But he was lonely, for most people in the camp could not forget that Long Arrow had once been an outcast. Grandfather, he said one day, I want to do something to make you proud and show people that you were wise to adopt me. What can I do? Good Running answered, someday you will be a chief and do great things. But what's a great thing I could do now, Grandfather?" The chief thought, for a long time. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this, he said. I love you and don't want to lose you. But on winter nights, men talk of powerful spirit people living at the bottom of a faraway lake. Down in that lake the spirit people keep mystery animals who do their work for them. These animals are larger than a great elk, but they carry the burdens of the spirit people like dogs. So they're called Pono Kamada Elk Dogs. They are said to be swift, strong, gentle, and beautiful beyond imagination. Every fourth generation, one of our young warriors has gone to find these spirit folk and bring back an elk dog for us. But none of our brave young men has ever returned. Grandfather, I'm not afraid. I'll go and find the elk dog. Grandson, first learn to be a man. Learn the right prayers and ceremonies. Be brave. Be generous and open-handed. Pity the old and the fatherless, and let the holy men of the tribe find a medicine for you which will protect you on your dangerous journey. We will begin by purifying you in the sweat bath. So Long Arrow was purified with the white steam of the sweat lodge. He was taught how to use the pipe, and how to pray to the great mystery power. The tribe's holy men gave him a medicine and made for him a shield with designs on it to ward off danger. Then one morning, without telling anybody, Good Running loaded his best travoy dog with all the things Long Arrow would need for traveling. The chief gave him his medicine, his shield, and his own fine bow and, just as the sun came up, went with his grandson to the edge of the camp to purify him with sweet-smelling cedar smoke. Long Arrow left unheard and unseen by anyone else. After a while some people noticed that he was gone, but no one except his grandfather knew where and for what purpose. Following Good Running's advice, Long Arrow wandered southward. On the fourth day of his journey he came to a small pond, where a strange man was standing as if waiting for him. Why have you come here? the stranger asked. I have come to find the mysterious elk dog. Ah, there I cannot help you, said the man, who was the spirit of the pond. But if you travel further south, four times four days, you might chance upon a bigger lake and there meet one of my uncles. Possibly he might talk to you, then again, he might not. That's all I can tell you. Long Arrow thanked the man, who went down to the bottom of the pond, where he lived. Long Arrow wandered on, walking for long hours and taking little time for rest. Through deep canyons and over high mountains he went, wearing out his moccasins and enduring cold and heat, hunger and thirst. Finally Long Arrow approached a big lake surrounded by steep pine-covered hills. There he came face to face with a tall man, fierce and scowling and twice the height of most humans. This stranger carried a long lance with a heavy spear point made of shining flint. Young one, he growled, why did you come here? I came to find the mysterious elk dog. The stranger, who was the spirit of the lake, stuck his face right into long arrows and shook his mighty lance. Little one, aren't you afraid of me, he snarled. No, I am not, answered long arrow, smiling. The tall spirit man gave a hideous grin, which was his way of being friendly. I like small humans who aren't afraid.